Hey guys, welcome back to the Buff Hub, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I am super hyped about what's going on with the Bills right now. Obviously, a lot of success. We're moving in to hopefully a 5-0 start for the first time in I don't know how long. And I'm super excited to be joined with two hosts of the Shout Podcast of Syracuse.com, Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. How you gentlemen doing? Hey, doing great. Doing great, man. Thanks for having us again. Yeah, for sure. If I missed anything, feel free to touch up on that as well. I mean, obviously the Shout Podcast has been blowing up. I just saw y'all's take with Kim Jones. I loved it. Uh, such, such, such an amazing person. I feel like she is just like watching y'all's take with her um, and the way she just loves what the bills are doing. So maybe you can touch up on that latest episode a bit if you guys want. Yeah. I, uh, you know, Ryan carries me, you know, it's a, it's a, you know, a multi multiple times per week podcast. And I just kind of show up and just let him <laughs> get, get going on his, in his dad jokes and, uh, you know, he carries the show and, and now he's a, a phenomenal tag team partner. It's, it's, it's a funny, like we started this thing like four or five months ago now, and it's become so natural and people like reach out to me all the time about our dynamic and like, Oh, I love it. Like, I love like what you guys like do. And I'm like, well, the cool part about it is like, you know, we live in different cities, but we've become really good friends. So when you have that kind of dynamic, it's, it makes it really fun. And obviously Bill's fans are super uh hungry for bill's content and uh it's been awesome and kim was awesome and we've had so many amazing guests already i mean ryan it's it's hard to even keep track of them at this point yeah i agree you know uh we, we've had some great bills coverage in terms of other media writers uh and beat reporters kim jones was phenomenal we've had uh, people on the news side of things that have come on, and then obviously some celebrities too. Uh, Chad Michael Murray showed that uh, he is a diehard through and through, and we had him on a few months back. So, but been very lucky. And, you know, Matt kind of said that he just shows up, but really that is my true role. Matt handles all the technical stuff. He, he's that guru with with the actual podcast and getting everything done that he spends so much time on. So, uh, I definitely have the easier gig when it comes to the Shout Buffalo Football Podcast. Okay, so I need to get in my backpack real quick that I take to work every day. Give me two seconds. You're going to understand why. There it is. Okay, Chad Michael Murray, if you're listening, and Heather Graham, I have been reading American Drifter, and I love it. (laughs) So I have a long ride to work, and so I stop at one spot, and then all of us take a bus rest uh, the rest of the way to work, right? And man, that book has been absolutely just capturing me right now. I recommend any other Bills fan out there to read it. It's really cool. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to, I just wanted to say that before I forgot, I'm like, Oh my gosh, they mentioned Chad Michael Murray and I've been reading this book. Uh, great read. And again, Holy smokes. Yeah. Your guests have been top notch and, uh, you know, it's really cool to see, you know, just the community in Buffalo and, uh, number one, how you guys embraced me and how you guys embrace other people is just like, so cool. Uh, you know, the fact that you guys obviously cover the bills for a living and you're willing to just, you know, open the Avenue up to champion others that support the bills, I think is really awesome. And, um, you know, everyone has their different view about this, about that. And it's nice to, you know, have different avenues to learn about what's going on, not only with the bills, but just in the NFL in general. Uh, so how about we get into something, obviously with this week, it's been a lot of news. It's been a lot of this way and that way, Matt, Ryan, take the floor. And can you guys just set the record straight on how this ended up being a Tuesday night game for the bills versus the Titans before we get into it and just kind of, you know, play with the timeline here. So that way bills fans and listeners alike on Buffalo rumblings can get a better idea of what to expect. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess I'll start it off with, and Ryan actually posted a really cool opinion piece uh, last night that he can kind of get into the aftermath of it a little bit and what he wrote about, because I thought it was really good stuff. You know, we going back to last week, I mean, there was an outbreak in the Tennessee Titans organization of COVID-19, and they obviously didn't take it very seriously. There's been, you know, multiple reports now of not one, not two, but as, as few as maybe three or more uh, instances where they got together outside of the facility to practice. And, you know, Roger Saffold, an offensive lineman came out, tried to defend the fact that they got together because it's their livelihood and they're trying to stay football ready. And I understand all that, but these COVID protocols have been put in place. So you can, you know, when there's a, when there's an outbreak, you can kind of sniff it out and get it taken care of. And the more you're around each other, the more, you know, uh, ability this, this virus has to spread. And, and that's exactly what happened. And we had one day this week on Tuesday, where there was all negative tests and it looked like, okay, we were going to get a, a game on Sunday. And then Wednesday, right back again, uh, more positive tests. I think the number right now as we're sitting here is up to 21, 21 or 22 since September 29th. And then, you know, we get to the, you know, the end of the week and you, you get past that one day where you're like, okay, this thing's going to start to turn. And then you see just like, you know, the, the more numbers. And now we're in a situation where they push the game back to Tuesday and two days, they move the Kansas city chiefs game that was scheduled for next Thursday to, you know, later in the week. So we don't know really where, where that's going to all end up, but we we're sitting here tonight, Steve, and this game is still in jeopardy. Like, if there, there was all negative tests today, great first step. But if one positive test comes tomorrow, Saturday, Sunday, or Monday, any of those days, this game could be, you know, it, you know, called off. And so that's where we're, we're kind of just sitting here. Everybody involved is their fingers crossed. And it's just been a kind of a hairy situation for sure. Yeah. Long story short, the, the Titans showed great stupidity. Uh, in, you know, I know Roger Saffold said it's their livelihood, but they're putting the livelihood of every other single player in this league, uh, at risk in terms of the NFL having to shut things down for a few weeks or who, you know, worst case scenario longer than that. The NFL is the only league where you really could not pull off a, a true bubble. If you want teams playing in their actual home facilities, and if you want them, uh, to, you know, to travel across the, the U S to play these other games. It just doesn't work out. There's too many players. There's too many uh, coaches, personnel, et cetera, to make a bubble work like we saw with the NBA, with Major League Baseball, NHL. So uh, it's up to the players to be responsible, and that's the last thing that the Titans were in this case. When a facility gets shut down and you are told, do not meet up for group activities, it's a pretty simple message. Don't meet up for group activities. You can still work out on your own. You can still zoom, and I understand that in in their minds, um, if that last week game, last week's game against the Steelers, for instance, had been played, they would have felt unprepared. They wouldn't have had any practice. But at the end of the day, that's you know what can happen when when there is a few cases of COVID that happen in your on your team and in your facility. But it was up to them to get it under control, and the exact opposite took place. Let me just say this because I know there's a lot of Bills fans and just fans of the NFL in general who are really looking forward to the Bills on primetime. And wow, what a blow there to just lose that Chiefs game on a Thursday night. And now we're just going to have to watch the Titans on Tuesday night, obviously pending at this point still. And uh, I stand with what Sean McDermott said. I was looking at a tweet by Kim Jones and he said, we're aware 
of the situation in Tennessee. We're monitoring it. We take it, we take it very seriously. There's a human side to this, making sure everyone is healthy will always be number one priority for the bills. So, you know, I stand by that. And at the end of the day, you, you want to see the bills on prime time, but you have to look at how to, you know, balance the situation out. And, uh, you know, health is everything. And, uh, you know, I really do stand on that before I stand on, let's just see the bills. Let's just see the bills. So hopefully some other bills fans are on that side too. It, it stinks because it's not our fault. But, you know, let's also think about what the NFL is trying to also do with protecting the Bills players before we start playing with them and we're getting, you know, sweating all over each other and whatever have you when they're playing on the field. And then before you know it, we get some of our players infected. So uh, definitely something that we have been nervous about since the season started. We thought this wouldn't happen, whatever have you. And uh, here we are. And, um, you know, it's a lot to take in a lot to digest. And ladies and gentlemen, we are recording this, um, well before the weekend right now. So obviously anything can change between now and then, but we're analyzing the Titans and bills games because, you know, this is, this is a huge matchup. Uh, I think this is something that's going to really test the defense again. So let's talk about this guys. Uh, Matt and Ryan, again, take the floor. I'll, I'll jump in after y'all. So what do you foresee in this matchup? against the Tennessee Titans. What do they bring to the table? Uh, what are you nervous about? What are you not nervous about? You know, just jump into uh, this topic however you want, and I'll, bon- I'll bounce off your, your guys' questions or your guys' uh, points, and um, we'll get into it. You can start off, Matt. Okay. Um, yeah, I think the first thing that, you know, looking that we have to discuss is the fact that the, the, the Titans are likely to be down a considerable amount of players. I mean, if you go check out their website right now and look at their roster. I mean, they got 13 people on the COVID reserve list, and then they got an additional three people on their practice squad COVID list. So, you know, without Corey Davis, their number two receiver, AJ Brown's been dealing with some, uh, some, uh, some injury woes that have kept him out the last couple of weeks when the, when they were playing and, you know, some names that stick, stick out at you, Jeffrey Simmons on the defensive line has been really, really good. Uh, starting linebacker, Kamalia Coria. So they, they, they're going to be without some guys. Now who, who's going to probably play in this game. They're starting quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, they're running back Derrick Henry and their offensive line. And that's, that's really where they, they, they've been a, a problem for teams. I think that, Sean McDermott's defense has done a good job against Derrick Henry over the years. I think the strong suit right now coming off the last game, I was impressed with the way that they handled the running attack of the, um, the Raiders. And, and I, and I kind of think that that is something that can, can translate this week as well, because I don't know how much they're going to be able to throw the ball. If Corey Davis isn't available, if uh, obviously John Smith is there, but you know, they just went up against Darren Waller. Um, so I think that the long and short of it is this team, the Tennessee Titans haven't played when, when they do line up to play here on Tuesday, if all things go right, it'll have been more than two weeks since the last time they played, not a lot of practice time. So I think that the bills have a lot of advantages in this matchup, even on the road in Tennessee. And I think with the way that this offense and uh, Buffalo's offense is playing right now, I really don't know if the, the Titans have the horses to stop them even at a hundred percent. So I, I I'm very interested to see how this game plays out. And I think that they're positioned well to improve to five and all. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned the big name there. That's Derek Henry. Uh, it's going to come down to gap integrity. Something we've heard many times from Sean McDermott over the years in his tenure 
as Bill's head coach. But the one thing that Josh Jacobs said last week after the Bill's Raiders game was uh, how impressive the Bill's defense was in terms of filling in the gaps. And uh, they were right there after he got the ball or, or any kind of gaps or lanes that were open closed very quickly. So he had high praise for this uh, defensive unit. And I'm sure that's going to be their focus again this week. Uh, I think that John U. Smith, though, is definitely the guy in the passing game that worries me the most uh, with Matt Milano being week to week. Uh, so it, it looks like one of those situations where maybe that could be a player that gets open again. You have to hope that the rest of the defense can kind of step up in that regard. But, you know, Buffalo's injury list is looking uh, pretty long again. Obviously, you have Trey White dealing with the uh, back injury. You have Levi Wallace, who was added on to the IR. Uh, so you're already beat up and low on numbers there. So, I mean, I guess there is a week to play the Titans. This would be it because they're beat up at wide receiver. You're kind of beat up at cornerback. But Johnny Smith worries me in the passing game. You know, Ryan Tannehill uh, finally got out of Miami and, and went into a system that uh, plays to his strengths. And you can see that he is a, a very good NFL quarterback. So this would be a good test for them. Uh, the, the Bills have played some pretty decent quarterbacks this year, but Tannehill – uh, in terms of who they've already played, I think Tannehill will probably be the best quarterback that they've seen with, with Goff in the consideration because of that system that he plays in and how well Sean McVay uses his strengths as well. Absolutely. So I'll jump into my points real quick. And, uh, you know, I could not help but look at their third preseason game. Yeah, I'm going to call it their preseason game because <laughs> uh, there's been a lot of sloppy defense here. Uh, you know, I look at that game with the Vikings and I cannot help but just think about how we're going to be able to exploit their defense. I flat out believe I'm going to give my score prediction early as I have done uh, on the buff hub before. I know people waited to the end, but I'll give you guys a chance to do that too. Uh, I got the bills winning 34 to 10. I'm not going to lie to you. I really do not believe the Titans match up well against us. I saw the way a rookie wide receiver in Justin Jefferson was shredding uh, a very stout, Titans defense <laughs> seven receptions for 175 yards have a day. Uh, I look at a guy like Stefan Diggs. I look at a guy like John Brown. I don't even if John Brown's not playing, we got Gabe Davis stretching the field. They're in trouble. I see a lot of, you know, shotgun runs that, uh, you know, the Vikings were doing and they were torching their defensive line, especially once they pulled to the outside. Uh, I just don't think, also, that Tannehill has a quick enough release to beat our defense now that we found our stride. I know this is going to sound harsh, but I think Levi Wallace going down is the perfect situation for the Bills defense. Here's why. We needed our mojo back, and we were not going to find that with Levi Wallace starting as a CB2. We needed a guy like Josh Norman to bring that spunk, that, you know, that grit back to our defense to remind us what we're made of. And I'm going to tell you right now, the bills have been a nightmare for teams last year and going into this last couple of weeks, because they know how to, they know how to cause turnovers. And I foresee that big time against Ryan Tannehill on that final drive. It should have been a pick six. They were able to still march, the, march the ball down the field. And there ain't no way in hell, uh, their kicker Gaskowski, I believe is who their kicker is right now. Uh, obviously multi-year veteran, whatever. He's not going to kick the ball six for six against the bills. I don't think they're going to be able to push the ball down the field. Now that is me saying because of how we match up. If for some reason 
Derrick Henry decides to go absolute Marshawn Lynch on us, then that's going to be a different story. Uh, I don't see them using him like that out in the backfield. I think they're going to try to punch the middle of the field and, you know, hit the bills where it hurts, where teams have been doing it. But I think the bills have really slowly, but surely been starting to plug up those gaps on the defensive line. I called it that the bills defensive line is going to catch up later in the season, but we saw, you know, light at the end of the tunnel in this last Raiders matchup, Josh Jacobs was no joke. Uh, they really matched up well against us, even though they were injured, uh, the Raiders. So I look at the Titans and, you know, quite frankly, I have never been a Ryan Tannehill believer. This is why I'm talking so biased. I haven't really been like this in quite some time about another quarterback. I just remember seeing how we played against the Miami dolphins in the past when he was, you know, their starting quarterback. And I just was never convinced that his release was one that I would be confident in him winning a football game. Um, and really marching your team down the field in a big way. I think Josh Allen is light years away of his development. If you were to compare his first couple of years to Josh Allen and holy smokes, how about we talk about Josh a little bit here? I'm going to give a hot take here and then I'll, I'll let Matt jump on this a little bit. So my hot take is I believe this game, Josh Allen will break Drew Bledsoe's record for most passing yards in a Buffalo Bills regular season game. I'm going to give you some stats here. Josh in the first four games, 70.9% completion percentage, 1,326 pass yards, 12 pass TDs, one interception, eh, whatever, uh, 83 rush yards, three rushing touchdowns, three fumbles lost. But here is the big thing. He went from second worst in deep passes to second best. I will repeat that one more time. From second worst in deep passes to second best this year, guys. That's huge. We're starting to slowly see what this Bills team is made of. So, Matt, do you want to jump on that a little bit? Maybe any players you're excited to, uh, you know, look at in this matchup to maybe have a good game besides Josh Allen? I mean, whoever you want to talk about. And then, Ryan, you can obviously jump in after. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that's definitely a bold prediction. Um, I, I do think Tennessee... Um, I think that they have the kind of defensive makeup that's going to make it tough to kind of absolutely demolish them. I think, you know, obviously they haven't been practicing and I think that that's, you know, a valid point going into this game, but, you know, I still think it's a tough road game. I think that there's more tape out there on the bills now. And that's one thing that's going to get tougher as the, as the season goes along is how do they change things up? Brian Dable has been so masterful in the way that he's called games um, in these first four weeks. But as, you know, tendencies start to pile up and, get, and you know, NFL coaching staffs can start to really rifle through a, a lot more game film, I think it gets tougher. Um, in terms of, you know, storyline that I'm watching going into this game, I mean, Tredavious White hasn't practiced all week. I mean, that's a big, you talk about Josh Norman being added to this secondary, you know, Ryan just tweeted it out that the bills brought in Lafayette Pitts for a workout, uh, former cornerback. And so there might be some real concern about the availability of Tredavious White. If Tredavious White doesn't play, I mean, that changes everything for this defense. And, and Micah Hyde was very complimentary of Cam Lewis, uh, us both, uh, Ryan and I on the shout football podcasts are very high on cam Lewis, but that's a big spot. And, and without Trey white to, as that guy that, you know, quarterbacks tend to avoid his side of the field, 
you know, that's going to be, that's going to put Josh Norman right back into that cornerback one position, which I think changes things a little bit for him. Now he played so well last week for the most part, he was a little rusty, uh, was to be expected, but that defensive secondary, you know, becomes much different without Tredavious white. So that's one thing that I'm kind of looking at. Uh, I thought the defensive line took a step forward in that second half last week. I thought that was more of what I was expecting from this unit. And it just took some time. Quentin Jefferson's brand new, um, getting used to playing with a whole new group of guys. He's been in Seattle for years. Mario Addison, uh, Vernon Butler, they came over. Vernon Butler was hurt early. Mario Addison obviously has the sacks early on, but all of those guys just getting used to, you know, playing together. And so I think that this defense you know, has to do a good job of not only stopping Derrick Henry, but, you know, I'm a little, I'll be a little bit more complimentary of Tannehill than you were. I know you remember those Miami days, but I don't think this is the Miami version of Ryan Tannehill. I mean, he, he, he struggled in the playoffs down the, you know, at the end there, but he had some really good moments last year. And uh, I think that he's a guy that, you know, who knows what happens in that, in that Tennessee game last year, if he's the quarterback and not Marcus Mariota. So, you know, a lot of good matchups here, but like I mentioned at the start, I think the Bills have a lot of advantages, a lot of check boxes with the situation that's facing the Titans going into this game. And, and we're, not, we're not even there yet. <laughs> you know, we might not get there. But um, if it gets played, I, I like the matchup for the Bills for sure. Yeah, you, you just said it. I mean, they're going to be missing a lot of key pieces on both sides of the ball. Um, and they're going to have to bring up some people from that practice squad. It's going to be interesting to see how the, the bills exploit those weaknesses, those holes on both sides of the ball. But Brian Dable has done an awesome job this year in terms of, uh, utilizing all of his personnel. We saw it last week where, um, I want to say it was like eight different people caught a pass from Josh Allen, including obviously those wide receivers at the bottom of the roster, um, we, we've seen some games where the tight ends have been more of a, a focus where we saw Tyler Croft catch two touchdowns. We saw Lee Smith catch a touchdown in that Rams game. So he, he's mixing things up. He, he's not just going with, well, let, let's take our best guys and just say we can beat them with those guys, which, you know, they, they can, they, they have Stefan Diggs, they have John Brown, they have Cole Beasley. Uh, but at the same time, he's looking for weaknesses and he's attacking them on a week by week basis. So maybe, and, and maybe this is the week too, where you finally get that run game, uh, more involved. I, I feel like Devin Singletary has done a very good job with his opportunities, but we haven't necessarily seen, uh, enough of a workload maybe out of him, but it's also hard to dispute that when you look at the success this offense has had in terms of points that they've put up on a weekly basis. Um, you, you mentioned how great Josh Allen has been this year. So. You know, maybe a little bit more balance this this week, trying to tire out those Titans players that, one, haven't really practiced much uh, in the last few weeks, and two, trying to maybe keep that offense off the field because we, we've seen a lot of shootouts in the NFL this year where uh, you have a lot of teams scoring in the 20s, high 20s, low 30s on a week-by-week basis, which isn't shocking based on the, the fact that there's a little crowd noise teams offenses can go up and audible up the line. Uh, and that gives them a distinct advantage on a, on a game by game basis. Yeah. You, you know, to go back to what you were saying, Matt, real quick, you know, I have a bold prediction and the reason I do have that bold prediction basically is because I do see Stefan Diggs exploiting Malcolm Butler. And I do see their secondary uh, cornerback not being able to really keep up with how dynamic, how dynamic our wide receivers have been playing. With that being said, I do think they have a lot of talent. I'm not saying we are going to crush them because 
they're horrible. It's not really that. I just do not think they match up well against us in regards to the role we've been on. The Bills have been scoring a lot, and it's almost looked natural. And this is the first time I've seen a Bills team score this much. I, I mean, since those first couple of games in that amazing season with, uh, you know, Stevie Johnson and Ryan Fitzpatrick, that was Stevie Johnson and Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, <laughs> definitely a, a lot more talented squad here. And we're just seeing the first couple of games that offense back, I believe around 2011 or 2010, that was when Stevie Johnson was already on the team for a good amount of time. And then you know, Fitzpatrick gets in there and starts to really gel with the guys going into the next year and they start playing well. I look at Josh Allen and I got to go with the nickname. I started, you know, Josh Favre. He is a gambler, but man, I feel like the bills are slowly, but surely starting to really live and die by him kind of thing. Um, and it's been working now. I wanted to ask you something, Matt and Ryan, like, Obviously, with this whole situation going on, we're looking at a Tuesday night game. We're talking about the injury report here. You got key names, Tredavious White, Cody Ford, uh, you know, Cole Beasley, Zach Moss, Brian Winters, Feliciano is on injured reserve. Team doesn't know. Uh, team doesn't need to report his practice status until he's activated. So what do you guys think about this time frame we have? Could we really get these guys healed up? I mean, also, Matt Milano with the pectoral injury there. So um, another name there. but you guys can dive into more of that. But my question is with that Tuesday night set up, do we start seeing some of these names come off the uh, injury list? Um, you know, I think that one of the good things right now is the only guy that I think you're really, like you mentioned that you're really worried about week to week is Matt Milano. Everybody else is kind of in that, that pot of, you know, might be questionable. You know, I know Cole Beasley has been dealing with a foot injury all week. John Brown has that nagging calf. Um, and it looked like he might've re-injured it yesterday. Uh, it was weird timing. Like we were just walking off the field and it looked like he might've been running a route at the other end of the field as we were walking off, but it was tough to tell. So can't really report that. And so we'll see how, how that trends. I thought Cody, Fo Cody Ford with the groin injury at the beginning of the week was troublesome, but he practiced in, Full on Thursday almost, and then he he talked to the media, so he should be good to go. He's been a real bright spot uh, on that offensive line. I mean, he's fit in really well at, the, at that left guard spot. I think that was really intuitive of Brian Dable, McDermott, Bobby Johnson to make that switch because I I listen. I don't have the inside scoop here on this, but my my feeling on it is that the decision came because they knew they had an ace in the hole with John Feliciano. When he came back, they liked what they saw out of him at right guard last year. And they knew that, Hey, if we weren't happy with the level of play that we're seeing at left guard with Quentin Spain, well, let's try Cody Ford out there. Daryl Williams is playing out of his mind at right tackle. Another amazing story uh, coming into this season, this offensive line, Steve has been really good. And that's one of the big reasons yeah. why this offense has been as good as it's been is because Josh Allen has a ton of time to throw. I'm not a big fan of this Cian Fahey or whatever his name is, but he's not wrong <laughs> when he points out the fact that, you know, Josh does have a lot of plays where he's got a lot of time to throw, but Hey, that's what you want. Like, that's not, a, that's not a, that's not a knock on Josh Allen. You want a good offensive line blocking for your franchise quarterback. That's the point. That's the whole point of building a roster. Um, so yeah, I think that you want to get a, these, some of these guys back. I, I think Tredavious white, you know, 
being, being at the games on Tuesday, I think that that bowls a little bit, uh, you know, better that he'll be, they'll, he'll be ready to go. And you want him, you know, in, in every game in that you can have him. So, uh, but I, all in all, you know, they're, they're, they're pretty healthy when you, th- when you consider how many names are on that list. Yeah, I agree with that. And, you know, I know Andre Roberts doesn't really practice this week, but I think he's a guy that they just wanted to give him some uh, rest for that ankle injury. I think he's a guy that could be trending in the right direction by Tuesday. Uh, he's been huge for this team in terms of flipping the field for the offense on those returns. He's contributed in, in a little uh, minor role on uh, offense as well. But going back to the offensive line, it's funny going into the season. I thought that the offensive line would be one of the reasons that the bills would take the next step ahead because so many returning faces were coming back in theory at one point, they, they pretty much had their entire, they did have their entire starting uh, unit back and then Feliciano went down. But when Feliciano comes back, you're going to be looking at a line that has a lot of the same faces, just players at different spots. So, you know, you still have Dawkins and Morse in their spots, but now you have Daryl Williams at right tackle eh? and you're going to probably have Cody Ford at left guard. And I think he's really settled in there and played well. And then you'll have Feliciano back, but the, the talents there, it's just, they've been shuffled. It's not met, uh, necessarily where we thought they were going to each be playing at the start of this year or in the off season, but that unit has really helped with Josh Allen. Um, what, when Devin Singletary has received some carries, they have opened up some lanes for him, him too. maybe been a little bit more inconsistent in the run blocking game, but uh, I would take that with them being so great as pass protectors, which we have seen today. Uh, but yeah, I, I think overall looking at this injury list, you know, I, Matt Milano is the one that I, I probably had the biggest doubts on playing, especially with Sean McDermott listing him as week-to-week, not day-to-day. Uh, Brian Winters, you know, Winters has been finding a role there at right guard, but I do think that Quinn Spain could could play there and probably contribute at the same level. Uh, so I'm not too worried about that, but Trey White will definitely be the name to watch as, as we get closer to Tuesday if this game takes place. Awesome. But um, guys... It's been a pleasure. I look forward to us winning in the trenches. I know uh, last week I talked with Joe Biscali about that switch with Cody Ford to left guard. I really like him there. I believe that's where he's staying, no? Yeah, man. Shout out to Joe B, man. He was calling that all the way back in like April or May. Like he was talking about like projecting the season and said if Quentin Spain didn't get off to a fast start, it would be... uh, He thought that the best move would be to move Cody over there. So that dude's like an oracle, man. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he's been covering this team a long time. And, uh, yeah. you know, I read him just like everybody else does. I, he, he's definitely somebody that everybody should be paying attention to. Guess he's going to have to make a uh, late night Tuesday report on after the Bills game because he's doing this every Tuesday thing. But I'm looking forward to it. I know everyone else is looking forward to it. Also, guys, remember to follow Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot on Twitter. Uh, guys, maybe you can just give the fans on Buffalo rumblings and all listeners alike, a little more information before we close out here on where to find you and where they can find your content. Yeah. Um, I'm at Matt Perino on Twitter. Uh, that's the best place to find uh, me at Ryan Talbot bills, uh, all of our stuff, whether it's podcast articles, uh, videos, whatever it is, it all appears on those two feeds. Uh, we're also at Bill's updates. That's, that's kind of like, uh, where everything kind of goes out from uh, on Twitter as well. And every Wednesday night, man, the, the live podcast, seven 30, it usually runs, starts sometime between seven and eight, depending on our guests and trying to make, uh, make it work for them. Uh, and, and then we have a, a preview show every week and then a, a post game, uh, podcast as well. So, and, and Ryan's always got a, a bunch of stuff going on. Ryan, Ryan is, um, 
dude, my wife was telling me the other day, she's like, I, I, she's like, I don't want to tell you this. Like, I don't want to make you feel bad, but every time I see that Ryan wrote a story, I'm, I'm really excited because his are always so interesting. She told me, I was like, I know man. Like, that's just, that's, that's just the reality that we live in, man. Ryan, Ryan's always got his, his nose to the stone, man. He's got, he knows what's going on. Hey, shout out to Caitlin then for for that. Thank you, Caitlin. And, and yeah, no, and thank you, Matt. Um, it, it's definitely a group effort though. Like Matt said earlier, I couldn't ask for a better tag team partner. We, we definitely, uh, work very well together and uh you know we love the support that the bills mafia has given us both on the site and on our shout buffalo football podcast which you can rate subscribe and and listen to on all of your favorite podcast platforms well thank you guys so much again for jumping on the buff hub a buffalo rumblings podcast let's beat the titans and go bills